Lord, that you are sovereign, that you reign above all. Lord, that no matter what, you are on our side. That no matter where we've come, no matter where we've been, Lord, that you are still there and you are victorious. We give this to you. The light of the world, push back the dark.
Jesus, we invite you into this place this morning. Make this a prayer as you sing. Let the king of your heart be where you run to. Give him all the praise. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, he is my song. You are
You know, it's great to know today that our God is a good God, but it's also good to know he's faithful to his word, everything he's promised. Scripture says he will perform in our lives. You know, in our world today, there's a lot of stuff going on. I don't know what all's happening in your world at the moment, whether you're here in the building or watching online, but I know one thing, God is good and he's a faithful God. His word will not fail us. Can we just take a moment and just in our own way, just lift our hearts to God and let's just thank him for his goodness and his faithfulness today. Father, we worship your name. We glorify you today. We thank you. You're so good to us. We see your hand of goodness every day of our lives. And Father, your promises are true. We build our lives upon your word. We don't turn to the right. We don't turn to the left. We stay on your word and we trust you because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you are faithful. And we give you thanks for all you've done, all you're doing, and all you will continue to do in our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God praise one more time in the house this morning? He's a good God. Hey, it is so good to see you this morning here. For those of you joining us online, God bless you. Hey, if you're here in the house today, you got kids, you want to stay in here, that's great. Uh, Bridge Kids is happening right now if you want to check them in there. Also, the family room is available off to my left, out through the lobby to your left as you go out. If you want that room, it's there. If you want to stay in here with us, God bless you. Just really glad you're here today. Before you're seated, before church news, just turn around, wave to a few folks, say hi to those around you before you're seated today. church with you today. We are so excited to get to spend the morning with you and your family. When you arrive today, you may have noticed there is some work happening on the outside of our facility. The entire exterior of our building is getting fresh paint and we are excited to see the finished product in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, we know that it currently looks a little unfinished, so we appreciate your patience with this process and look forward to seeing this project completed. December is here, and so is the Christmas season. We want to spend the holidays with you and your family, so make your plans to be here throughout the month of December. Here's a look at what's coming up at the bridge. Today, we have the opportunity to sponsor children whose families are facing financial hardship and purchase Christmas gifts for them through our Adopt-A-Child program. If you would like to sponsor a child today, just stop by the Adopt-A-Child table in the foyer after this service. The commitment is two $25 gifts per child or a total of $50. Our team will be there at the table to give you all the details and answer any questions that you might have. We are excited to be a blessing to families during this season, and we hope that you will partner with us in making Christmas so much better for them. The Christmas season is upon us, and we are excited to spend the most wonderful time of the year with you and your family right here at The Bridge. We invite you to join us for our annual Christmas Eve candlelight services on Thursday, December 24th at 4 and 5.30 p.m. 
This is one of our favorite and most memorable nights of the year. So make your plans to be here for Christmas Eve candlelight services at the bridge and let's celebrate the true meaning of Christmas together. What's up, Bridge Youth? Hey, we only have two more regular youth services of 2020. So don't miss these next two weeks. We're continuing our series entitled The Comeback Kids. And along with that series, you guys saw last week, we dropped some Comeback Kids Bridge Youth limited edition merch. This Wednesday, you can pre-order your hoodies. So stop by. It's going to be an awesome two weeks. Don't miss these next two weeks. They're going to be amazing uh, hang out at 6 and service at 7. Don't forget to bring a hydro flask because our water fountains are currently closed due to restrictions and bring a mask. We'll see you there. If you are new to the church, we want to help you find your place and get connected. You can just go to our website or the Bridge app and click on the Connect tab. There you'll find a Connect card with details to help you get connected. And if you don't yet have the Bridge app, just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, to 77977. This is the best way to stay updated with everything happening in church life. Thank you so much again for being in church today. It's always great to spend Sundays with you. Today we are starting a brand new series for the Christmas season called Heaven and Nature Sing.
Good morning. Wow, silent night. Was that not beautiful? Can we give Iris one more hand? That was awesome. Awesome. It is so good to be together with you today. Those of you who are here in the building, we're so glad you're here. And those of you who are joining us online, we are so glad you are joining us as well. And you know, today is the first Sunday of December. That means we are fully into the Christmas season. Christmas is only 19 days away. I know some of you didn't really want to hear that right now. <laughs> but you know what? I am excited. In fact, uh, I told First Service this past week in the office, Pastor Zach and I were talking about Christmas, and this has been a crazy year. But in the midst of it, we just have this sense that this year, Christmas is going to be extra special. And I really believe that God wants to do extra special things in and through all of us in this season. So I'm excited about this season. And I'm excited about today because today we are starting this new series, Heaven and Nature Sings. And this series is going to carry us through Christmas Sunday. And so each week in this series, we are going to be highlighting a different Christmas carol, and we're going to be drawing some scriptural truths from that carol to really focus on some of the gifts that we have been given through Jesus' birth. All right? So would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. And we just open our hearts wide to you and we just ask you to speak to each one of us by your spirit in a very significant way today, God. And Father, I pray that we would have open hearts and open ears to hear and receive from you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, as we so beautifully heard Silent Night sung a bit ago, we are going to be drawing some scriptural truths from Silent Night. And we are going to be talking about the gift that we've been given of peace, the peace of God. And so today we're really going to look at three truths from this carol about God's peace. And I want us to start by just taking a moment and thinking about the way this carol begins. You know, we probably all heard this Christmas carol throughout our entire lives, but I want you to take a moment with me and let's just put ourselves into the scene that this carol paints. Think about it. Imagine yourself there. Silent night. So still, you could hear a pin drop. Holy night. There's a sense of awe and wonder in the air. A sense of God's presence. All is calm. There's not a fear for today. And all 
is bright. There's not a fear for the future. What a scene. Isn't it a scene of perfect peace? I love picturing that and imagining that scene of beautiful, perfect peace. But I think it is so ironic when the events surrounding Jesus' birth were anything but peaceful. (laughs) I want you to think with me now about some of the world events surrounding the birth of Jesus. You know, Bible scholars differ a bit on the exact year in which Jesus was born. But the overall consensus is that it was about 4 BC. And in that time in history, it was a very turbulent time. That's when Herod the Great, the Roman appointed king of Judea, was in rule. And he had been reigning at this time for about 33 years. And the latter years of his reign were tumultuous, to say the least. And they've been referred to as bloody and paranoid years. And he ruled through tactics of mass terror and widespread surveillance. And his great paranoia was rampant and creating quite a scandal among other leaders in the day. During his reign, not only were countless people killed, but he was personally responsible for killing some of his own family members, including his wife and some of his children. Chaos abounded throughout that entire region, and people were cropping up, trying to take over power. It was insane. And so the Romans called for help from the governor of Syria, who gathered all his troops and sent his troops into Galilee. And there they attacked and they ran out the enemy. But the inhabitants were taken as slaves, and the entire city was burned. Sounds pretty chaotic, doesn't it? And did you know that only four short miles away was the town of Nazareth, where there lived a young couple engaged to be married named Joseph and Mary? Only four miles from all of this. Fear gripped that entire region. Surely they would have known everything that was going on and seen people around them gripped by fear. And it is very possible that these invading troops would have plundered Nazareth as well because they continued on all the way through Jerusalem. And these events created incredible aftermaths with with long-term effects. There was chaos in the world, but this was the world that Jesus was born into. Not exactly this picture that is painted for us by this carol. Not exactly what one would describe by saying, all is calm, all is bright. Now, just like us today, they had the world events 
as we do. We've got things going on in the world around us. And then we've got our personal events and the situations of our personal lives. And they have the situations of their personal lives as well. So now let's look at the personal challenges surrounding the birth of Jesus. Take Joseph and Mary. Here they are, unmarried. And the angel visits Mary first and tells her that she's going to give birth to the Son of God. And the Holy Spirit's going to come upon her. She's going to become pregnant. This is incredible news. And then her response is just as incredible. She says, let it be to me as you say. Wow, what a response. This was obviously a young woman with a heart after God, desiring all that he had for her life. But we can't lose sight of the fact that she was 100% human. She would have had all of the human emotions and questions that anyone would have. What in the world does this mean? How is this all going to unfold? What are people going to think? I'm not even married. And what are people going to say? And the criticism that's going to come and the persecution that's going to come. And what is Joseph going to think? And oh, Joseph, how am I ever going to tell Joseph? And then put yourself in the shoes of Joseph. You're what? You're pregnant by who? Uh, Now, come on. That could not have been easy for him to believe. And in fact, the Bible says that he was trying to figure out a way to break this off without bringing disgrace to her. Because it would have brought disgrace in that day. But in a dream, an angel appeared to Joseph and put his mind at ease. And he recognized that God was in this. And it was going to be okay. But they would have had a lot of questions to deal with, a lot of emotions to deal with, a lot of criticism and persecution to deal with. And that's not all. Then, closer to the time of Mary's uh, time to give birth to Jesus, Caesar issues a decree that all must be registered. So that meant that they had to return to Bethlehem, Joseph's hometown, to be registered. And you know, we hear the Christmas story, oh yes, and they went to Bethlehem. Bethlehem was 90 miles away, and she's towards the end of her pregnancy. And they're not people of means. They wouldn't have had other modes of transportation. Most likely they walked. I suppose it's possible they had a donkey, but towards the end of her pregnancy, A donkey ride might have even been worse than walking. I don't know. (laughs) And it was not an easy trip to get there. They had to go through the hills surrounding Jerusalem and down into Bethlehem. You know, some of us, we don't even want to fill out the census card that is mailed to our house, but they traveled 90 miles to get there to be registered for the census. And then when they are there, there's no lodging at all for them, no place at all for them to stay. And she's about to have a baby. So they wind up in a barn. And now... Many of us, this time of year, we're setting up our nativity scenes, our, you know, the major scenes that we have in our home to celebrate Christmas. And maybe in your nativity scene, some of you might have the little animals that go along with it. And you know, they're like, hmm. 
the sweet little sleeping animals. I really don't think they were sweet sleeping animals in that barn. I'm sure they were noisy, and I am positive they smelled because all barns smell, right? <laughs> and so we also know that there was no cushy bed. It was straw. And this is the place where she's having her baby, having Jesus. And then there's nowhere to lay him after he's born. So they fill the feeding trough with straw and lay the baby in the feeding trough. Not ideal circumstances. Would you agree? All right. A few of you think it's not ideal. All right. <laughs> and then a little while later, Herod, remember, he's the paranoid one. He hears that Jesus is being referred to as the king of the Jews. And he's threatened and he's jealous. So he sets out to kill all the male babies born in Bethlehem under two years of age because he's determined to kill Jesus. But God makes a way of escape. And he sends an angel to tell Joseph to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt. And we hear this story and we think, wow, how awesome that is. God provided a way of escape and he absolutely did. But did you ever stop to realize that Egypt was over 350, possibly just over 400 miles away? And they had to travel there with a little tiny child. Not an easy thing. And so, not only did they have to get there, they had to return a few years later over 400 miles to Nazareth. And at that time, when they returned, Herod's son came into power, and there were massive massacres breaking out everywhere. Not peaceful circumstances in my book. I don't know about yours. We often look at the story of the birth of Jesus and just think, wow, how beautiful, how precious, how miraculous. And yes, it absolutely is miraculous. But how could it be described and depicted as this beautiful, silent, holy night where all is calm and all is bright? I'll tell you why. Because when Jesus enters the scene, he brings peace. Jesus came to bring peace. Luke chapter 2, after the birth of Jesus, there's shepherds in a nearby field tending their flocks, and an angel appears to them, and it says the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And then in verse 10, it says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, and you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You see, to the human eye and even the human heart, things may not have seemed peaceful at all. But in the midst of it, God brought the gift of peace to all mankind through his son.
And you know, today, Jesus may not be on this earth in a human flesh and blood body any longer. But before he left this earth, he gave us this promise in John 14 and verse 27 when he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I love that he said, I do not give as the world gives. Because how does the world view peace and give peace? The world says that when there's no conflict, that's when there's peace, right? The world says peace is conditional, circumstantial. But he doesn't give peace as the world gives. His peace is available even in the midst of conflict. It's a supernatural peace, and he has left his peace for us. 2020 has been a crazy year, definitely unlike anything I have ever seen in my lifetime. You know, I believe God was sending a message to them in that day, and he is sending a message to us today in 2020, saying that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of challenge and conflict, Jesus brings peace. And it's the peace of God that enables us, no matter what we're facing, to be able to say, all is calm, all is bright. So not only did Jesus bring peace, but the second thing I want us to see is that Jesus is peace. Listen to a few of the lines from this carol. Holy infant, so tender and mild. Son of God, oh love's pure light. Another line says, radiant beams from thy holy face. It paints a picture of peace just exuding from the baby Jesus. Not only did he bring us peace, but he is peace. Listen to Isaiah 9 and verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He is peace. He's the Prince of Peace, and there is no end to his peace. And here, this word peace, it's literally the Hebrew word shalom. And we translate this word peace, but I've got to tell you, this word shalom, it means so much. It encompasses so much. It literally is referring to wholeness, soundness, well-being. By definition, it specifically includes our safety, protection, provision, favor, contentment, Peace in our relationships with man and with God. It is an all-encompassing peace. That's the peace of God. And that is his nature. That's who he is and what he has made available to us. Think with me about the sun. 
The sun casts forth light onto the earth. The sun never stops shining. Now, at night, the shadow of the earth may hide the light of the sun, right? But does it mean it stops shining? No, because it's still shining on other parts of the earth where it's day when it's night here. It's still shining. It might get covered up by the shadow, but it never stops shining. The sun never stops giving off light. It cannot stop giving off light because that's what it is and it's what it does. And similarly, God cannot stop making his peace available to us because it's who he is and what he does. However, just as the earth's shadow can cover up the light of the sun at times, we can hide the peace of God by forgetting that it's there, by not taking the time to access it for our own lives. I know in my life, most often, I live with a strong sense of peace on the inside. And then when it's missing, it's noticeable. And I try my best when I notice that it's missing to catch myself. Sometimes I'm faster at doing this than others. But when I notice it's gone, I catch myself and I try to retrace my steps and ask myself, where did I lose that peace? And sometimes I'll recognize, oh, it was in that conversation. Oh, it was when this situation cropped up or that situation. And once I recognize it, then I take that to God. And once I give it to him and talk to him about it and entrust it to him, you know what happens? An exchange takes place and the peace returns to my heart. One thing I have learned is that when we are not experiencing the peace of God, it's because we have allowed something in our lives to become bigger than God. He is peace, and there is no end to his peace. It's available to all of us at all times. Jesus brought peace. Jesus is peace. And the third thing I want us to see today is that Jesus wants us to live daily in his peace. There's a line in this carol, Silent Night, that repeats itself three times. Christ, the Savior, is born. Savior. When we see that word in the Bible, it's the Greek word sozo. And not only does it talk about salvation for our souls, which is what we usually think of, but it also includes wholeness for our bodies and peace for our minds. You know, Jesus came into the world, onto earth as this baby, but then he ultimately died on that cross of Calvary to become our savior so that we can live in the fullness of all that salvation includes. And if we are walking out salvation, we can walk in his peace. Now I know that there are times when that's easier said than done. 
But one thing I love about our Heavenly Father is that he doesn't just tell us what he wants us to do and then says, now go figure it out on your own. He always gives us principles and tools that we can use to do exactly what he's asking us to do. And the Bible is full of tools that we can put to use to help us walk daily in his peace. And I just want us to touch on a few of those this morning so that we can do that. In Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We love the second part of that, verse 7. We want that peace of God to guard our hearts and minds. But we need to realize that that is the result of verse 6 before it. Talking to God, bringing everything to him, talking to him about everything. But what does our human nature usually do? We run to talk to someone else about it first, don't we? Or sometimes we keep it all bound up inside and we become an anxious ball of nerves. He wants us to talk to him about absolutely everything. And when we do, we will experience his peace. Another tool he gives us is in Colossians 3.15, where it tells us to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. I love that it says let, because that tells us we have a choice. It is up to us. And so often, we get so busy in life, and we get so consumed with trying to figure everything out on our own and trying to find all the answers ourselves. But we need to stop and let the peace of God rule in our lives. And that word rule, did you know it literally means control, to control our lives. The word here that we get rule from in this verse is the same word that we get our word umpire from. And what does an umpire do? An umpire calls the shots, right? In our lives, in our home, Gary and I will make the biggest decisions of our lives based on whether or not we have peace. And I am not talking about the peace that's up here, that logic that, oh, yes, this makes sense. Yeah, it all works out on paper. This makes sense on paper. No, the peace of God is a sense deep on the inside. Sometimes it doesn't make sense on paper, but we have that peace. And we will go in that direction that the peace is leading us. And we always find that God is in it and he's leading us and guiding our steps. Follow the peace of God. We can make the biggest decisions of our life based upon his peace. But we've got to choose to quiet all the other voices, including our own, and let God's peace rule our lives. One more tool that we can use to walk daily in God's peace is found in Isaiah 26 and verse 3 where it tells us that God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him. So how do we do that? What does that mean? Does it mean we walk around all day with our head in the clouds? Jesus, it's me and the cherubim here, and we love you. And, well, is that very practical? Would you get anything else done? 
And it's also just a little weird, too. Okay? So, no, that's not what it means. But Philippians 4.8 tells us exactly what it means. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Things And then the very next verse, the Apostle Paul, he says, Now do these things that you've heard and seen me do, and then the God of peace will be with you. It really boils down to what we're focusing on. So think about that verse in terms of your relationships. Maybe you've got a strain in a relationship. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the hurt and the pain that they've caused? Are you focusing on the negative things or the things that drive you crazy about that person? Shift your focus and start focusing on the good. Start focusing on the things in them that are praiseworthy. And you know what will happen? You will see a shift and the turmoil in your heart will turn to peace. How about in challenges and and stressful situations that you face what are you focusing on are you focusing on the negative on the bad reports shift your focus and focus on the good report on what God wants to do in you and through you in the midst of it it'll change everything Jesus gives us a great example of this in Matthew chapter 8 where he's in the boat with the disciples and Jesus is sleeping in the boat and there's a horrific storm and the waves are crashing over the boat and the disciples are freaking out and they're so scared and they run and they wake up Jesus. They say, Jesus, wake up, wake up, save us, we're going to die. And Jesus is like, oh, you have a little face. Why are you afraid? And then he rebuked the storm, and it calmed down. And I think it was all a matter of focus. The disciples were focused on the storm. Jesus was focused on the peace that was available to them. And I want you to notice, Jesus was sleeping during the storm. We do not need to lay awake at night, losing sleep, worrying about the challenges of life. You see, first we saw Jesus as that baby sleeping in heavenly peace. And here we see him as an adult in the middle of a storm sleeping in heavenly peace. And we can do the same. So I want to ask you today, what's going on in your world? There's a lot of stuff going on in the world around us, but in your personal world, what are you facing? What challenges are around you? Is there turmoil in your heart? Whatever you're going through today, remember, Jesus came to bring peace for you. Jesus is peace. And his peace is continually available to you. And Jesus wants to walk out every day with you, walking in his peace. You know, in this holiday season, when things can 
sometimes get even more hectic, a little more chaotic. I want to encourage all of us today, let's make a decision that we're not going to go there. We're not going to get sucked in. But we are going to come back to the simplicity of the peace of God. This precious, powerful gift that has been given to all of us by Jesus. In a few moments, I want to pray for everyone. And pray for more of God's peace in our lives. But before I do that, I want to notice one final line of this carol, Silent Night. It's actually the very last line, and it's repeated three times. And it says, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. You know, the word Lord, it really means supreme authority, boss. And the fact that Jesus was born into this world means nothing unless he's born into our hearts. And it's up to us, each one of us, to give him that place of authority in our lives. We will never experience the peace of God until we first make peace with God. And the way we do that is by believing in our hearts that Jesus is the Son of God and then with our words asking him to be the Lord of our lives. And if you have never done that before, why wait any longer? He has so much he wants to pour into your life, including his peace. And he is just waiting to start relationship with you today. And in a moment, I'm going to lead all of us in a prayer. But if that's you and you want to start a relationship with God today, whether you're here in this auditorium or you're watching online, I want to ask you to wrap your heart around these words as we all pray together. Can we just close our eyes? And I want to ask everyone to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me, that you sent Jesus for me, that Jesus died on the cross for me so that I can live with you. And right now, I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you. Help me to grow. Help me to walk with you every day of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, awesome. You know, before we change the order of things, I want to pray one more prayer. And maybe you're here and maybe you've really been lacking peace. Maybe there's some real turmoil going on in your heart, some major challenges you're facing. Maybe you just needed that reminder about God's peace, wherever you're at. I want to ask you, as I pray, whatever situations you're facing, 
Would you, in your own heart, in your own way, just lift those things to God? And as we pray, we're going to make an exchange. We're going to give those things to him and receive his peace today in this place. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for every person in this place, every person watching online. You know them personally. You know every detail of their lives. And Father, right now, God, I am just asking that your peace would be poured out. God, I thank you that your peace is supernatural. And God, I pray that your peace would wash over their minds and their hearts. I pray that your peace would wash away fear, that your peace would wash away turmoil and anxiety and depression. God, I pray that your peace would fill their hearts. God, I pray that your peace would transform their minds and their thoughts right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would help us be people that would daily walk in your peace, accepting your peace, receiving your peace, and living in your peace. And God, I pray that your peace would guard our hearts and our minds, and that we would receive more of your peace than we've ever experienced before. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Amen. Hey, can we thank Pastor Ann for that awesome message this morning? What better word for us this year than peace? I pray God's peace over you today. Hey, maybe a moment ago you just prayed that prayer. You received Jesus for the very first time. Maybe you're here in the house or maybe you're watching online. Really quick, we just welcome people into God's family right now. So, so excited. It's the best decision you can make with your life. And, and there's really nothing like being in church with your church family in the Christmas season. And if you just prayed that prayer, you just joined a huge family. Um, and, and really, in being in this family, we don't walk through seasons alone. We walk seasons hand in hand, arm in arm. And so this next week, it's a really important week for your life and your faith journey. And so we want to walk this journey with you. And so if you're here in the house, we want to get you a gift. It's called The Next Seven Days. It's really just our way of, for the next week, helping walk through this faith journey with you. You might have questions. I remember when I first got saved, I had no clue what it meant to follow Jesus. I had so many questions. Next Seven Days will help answer some of those questions. If you're here, uh, there's two ways you can get it. There's going to be prayer teams on either side of the auditorium right after service. Just walk up to them. Tell them, hey, uh, I prayed the prayer. Can I get a booklet? They're there to pray with you if you'd like prayer. If you're in a big rush, there's a table right before you get to the glass doors where you could go. Just tell them, hey, I prayed the prayer. Can I get the booklet? If you're watching online, two ways you could get it. One, there is a link right there that you can click and it'll lead you to a place where you could just uh, say, hey, I prayed the prayer. Can I get next seven days? If you miss it, you can't figure it out. If all else fails, go to any of our social medias and just DM us, direct message us the words, next seven, we'll take care of the rest. We'll get it to you. One more time, church family, can we welcome people into our family right now? So awesome. So awesome. Hey, has God been faithful to anybody else this year? I know it's been a tough year, but God has proven himself once again so very faithful to, to me, to my family, to our church family, and to our church. 
And one of the ways in which God has been so faithful to our church is through amazing, faithful, and generous people like you. And so this is the point in our service where we get to worship God with our giving. You'll see a few options on the screen, whatever works best for you. Today, if you're in the, uh, if you're in the house, you brought a gift with you, you want to uh, give today uh, physically, we're not going to pass containers. But right before you get to the foyer, there's giving stations on either side of those doors. There's one more out in the foyer, out and to the right. You could also give there. One more time, church. Thank you so much for how amazing, faithful, and generous you are. Are. Hey, today, there's one other way in which we can express our generosity. Today is our Adopt-A-Child Day. If you don't know what Adopt-A-Child is, every year as the Bridge Church, we say no kid in our community, no kid in our family is going to go without gifts this Christmas. And so what we do is we have a program where if any families are struggling to get gifts for their kids, we say we're going to step in and we're going to help you get gifts. And so today's the day where you could go and select a name and adopt a child through our adopt a child uh, Christmas uh, plan. And so uh, here's, here's the deal. Every year, the names run out really quick. Adopt a child at the bridge looks something like Black Friday at Best Buy, okay? So, uh, first service, we had to keep some names for you guys in second service because first service wanted them all. So today, if you say, hey, you know what? We have been blessed this year. We, w- we are blessed to be a blessing. We want to help make sure that kids have gifts. When you get to the foyer, just turn left. There's a table right over there. You can go. You can select a name. And you can get gifts. Would that be awesome together as a bridge family that we can just make sure every kid gets gifts this Christmas? Amen. Hey, have you guys enjoyed being in church today? I know I have. It's so good to see you guys. You look great. So, hey, uh, have a great week. We'll see you guys very, very soon.